Sharp Side podcast. Man, haven't said that in a while. Um, I'm your host, Jazz Peralta, and with me to break down college football week one is the man, James Bader. James, you beat me last year, but I'm out for revenge. Um, ready to go. I am pumped up. But last weekend was a good little taste of the season to come. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I'm excited. How we how we feeling? Pretty good, man. I set the bar pretty high last year. I beat you in college. I beat you in Austin in the NFL. I'm looking to do it again. Speaking of that, we still have not played golf at Torrey Pines yet. So uh, I do I imagine that's happening soon. Way. But uh, um, it's been happy. <laughs> it's been soon for three months. So <laughs> shit, it'll happen. Um, but to just kind of get right into it, uh, we had week zero last week. Um, I I have two notes here. Um, the first one is Illinois and uh, trending up. I think L- Illinois, granted, they beat up on a probably not good Wyoming team, but um, I, I'm kind of getting excited about that defense. This is a relative level of, of excitement. I'm not saying they're going to, you know, win nine games, win 10 games, but, um, and then, I mean, the way they ran the ball was just disgusting. It, they oh, yeah. it. And I think that, especially against like weaker Big Ten opponents, I think they're going to be able to uh, do that against other teams. Uh, any thoughts on Illinois or any other specific teams in general? Yeah, I, that's, I think it's a good takeaway. I like Illinois. I know you have some hotter takes about them moving forward towards the end of the year. Um, my biggest takeaway besides Nebraska, just like the obvious one. Uh, Scott Frost Masterclass. Yeah, that was terrible. Just horrible to watch. Uh, my biggest one was the bottom of the Mountain West might be historically bad. <laughs> Nevada got outplayed by New Mexico State, who is quite literally the worst team in college football. Uh, they should they probably should have lost if you just look at the stats, but winning the turnover battle 5-0 helped them win. They're a pick at home against Texas State this week. I mean, that is just embarrassing. And then Vandy gave up – or sorry, Hawaii gave up 63 to Vandy. So – uh, it's the bottom of that conference is looking pretty bleak. I know New Mexico is pretty bad too, but there should, there could be some good teams in the middle and the top. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I oh, and sorry, I forget if you mentioned this, but like even Utah State kind of struggled struggled with. UConn oh yeah, a little totally bit. about Utah State too. Yeah, Gr- I mean, Gr- I think UConn's moving in a pretty positive direction just because just from the basis of like talent accrual. But yeah, um, yeah. They, for what has been a absolute doormat for teams the last what eight to ten years since yeah at Blake least Bortles yeah was he went to UConn right Bortles he went to no he went to UCF to UCF who might think UCF, that? oh I couldn't it, tell you or maybe he beat them in a bowl in like a big bowl game or something I don't know it's pointless but um, well they played they played Big Cat in the Fiesta Bowl when he was Coach Doug's does that count. <laughs> Oh yeah, that, 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 <laughs> how could I forget? Um, but uh, yeah, so I kind of get your point, Mount West. Which who knows? Maybe that bodes well for a team like a Fresno State to go over their win totals. I mean, most of those are still San open. Diego State, San Diego State, just kind of like um, Air Force, just you know, picking up those guaranteed wins, you know, so to so to speak, are kind of kind of important. Um, yeah. We're not going to talk about it later, so I'll talk about it now since we're on the uh, Utah State subject. Uh, you lean any side with uh, with the team getting 42 against Bama at Bama? Uh, there's a lot of trends pointing in different directions here. I saw one that Bama, when they're favored by more than 30 points over the last however many years, is like 3-15 and against the spread. 
And then I saw another one and like the replies and it said, Bama's three and oh week one. Uh it's covering the spreads when they're favored by 30 or more. So it's <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I lean towards Utah State though. I mean, there's just no way they could be that bad or what they did last week, but I don't know, man. 42. I don't know how they get stops. I like their offense a little bit, but it still looked really bad last week against UConn. I'm not gonna touch it. I'll tell you that much. No, 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 sir. Maybe like a Bama first quarter, but that would mean I would need four touchdowns. So for <laughs> Jameer Gibbs. Breaking um, some rushing props, yardage props. Just with yeah. what that UConn running back did to them. That's I would look I'd almost look touchdowns because he could get pulled early. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um all right, but let's get in. We're going to start off with some conference championship predictions uh, slash futures and a little playoff prediction. Um, I'll start us off. I'll just go down the list real quick. Um, SEC, I'm taking Georgia, who re- uh, excuse me, not to re- repeat as conference champ. They did lose the uh, conference championship game last year to Alabama. Um, Big Ten, I'm going Michigan. Uh, they, I expect them to repeat. And um, Big 12, I ex- expect Oklahoma to pretty much hold serve um, and win uh, that conference. ACC, I'm looking at Clemson. Uh, Miami did interest me a little bit, but eh, it's, I just kind of feel like Clemson is more suited just to reestablish dominance. And then for the Pac-12, I'm, go- I'm rolling with Utah. So um, what about you? What do you got? I got Bama out of the SEC. I just think they're too good on offense. And with Will Anderson on defense, they're good enough. Um, Ohio State is just a juggernaut on offense. I know you're, like, you're really hot in Michigan, but that game's in Ohio or at Ohio yeah. State this year. So that's a big home field advantage. And I don't think they lose to Michigan twice in a row. Uh, I share agreement with you on Oklahoma. I share the same opinion on Clemson as well. Uh, and I took USC out of the Pac-12. I'm curious to see how they look if – everything clicks right away or if it takes a little while. Um, I was on the edge with them in Utah. Utah might be more physical in the trenches, but I think USC might just be too good at the skill positions. So I went USC. I totally get that. For me with USC, it feels like 11 wins or eight. And I I think, I mean, we're these weren't really considering price at all, more just like straight up predictions. But yeah, I, I think like what is kind of withholding me from, like betting USC to win the bit pack 12 is just like, you know, like the floor just isn't there. And like, I've done that. You're not really getting much implied uh, value in the yeah. current prices for that. Um, but I, I'll try, I'll try and uh, explain my, we'll call them hot takey uh, conference champ predictions real quick. Uh, to start with the SEC, I just think Georgia has the most talented roster in the country again, just like last year. And I don't think Stetson Ben is that bad. And I, I feel like this was a common theme of something that I could talk slash brag about last year, just because you and I were both on those Georgia um, national title futures really, really. But mm-hmm. he was like a top 10 quarterback in the country last year. Maybe by some um, rankings or you know measures, even better. And I think that it's just it's just really steady, and he just gets the ball to the good players who are good with the ball in their hands. And the O line returns, I believe, four or five. Um, the tight end room is greater than anything we've ever seen in college football. And I mean, you return like s- still a bunch of talent at receiver. 
of still a bunch of talent at running back. It, like this offensive skill talent is unbelievable. And then, of course, we go to the defense. You know, it should be expected to take a step back. But I just read a, uh, a mock draft by The Athletic today that expected four Georgia defensive players to go in the first round. And on, on top, and like, it's not like they're all in, you know, the back end 30s. Like, the, the, it was the third pick and the fourth pick and the 11th pick, you know. It's so there's still, and that does not in, like include the rest of the nine former five stars who are returning, or the I think there is. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. I think it was eleven other um, top 100. It's something crazy. Like they have 23 former five star or top top 100, or it was 23 former five star or four star. Um, defensive players back on the defense and when you return something like that it's it's going to be really good again so I don't know I think that it's not out of the question that Bama um, you know just completely dominates um, everything and everyone in their path but you know what I I still kind of I, th- I think we got to give Georgia a little bit more credit here for what they're doing and then Michigan I just don't think that they're going to take that big of a step back on defense as everyone expect, expects them to do. It's going to be the pass rush is still going to be ridiculous. I know they lost Hutcherson and Ojabo, but um, it's athletic freaks everywhere. And on top of all of that, with what they returned, they still add, they just added a five-star defensive end um, who transferred in from somewhere, but um, he originally started at Alabama. So uh, you know what? That's a pretty good replacement to, um, to throw in there on top of what you bring back. So my long-winded rant about why I like Georgia Michigan this year. Um, well, let's kind of get into season-long bets. So for the SEC, I like South Carolina over six and a half. It's plus 150. Um, of course, it's an SEC schedule, but um, it's just another team who got way better thanks to the transfer port- portal. And it just seems like they're on, they got a lot of positive momentum heading into the year. Um, you know, you bring in Spencer Rattler, who at this time last year was the number one overall pick, and he and he gets um, he has two very good receiving tight ends, and um, it's there's you know it's a good old line you know and very solid receiving talent, and um, I just and I like the coach and the defense is going to be good. It's talented and South Carolina, they're in the SEC. They have been been like a median recruiting team the last two three years so um got some confidence in beamer james what about you in the sec uh, my favorite play in the sec was kentucky under seven and a half wins plus i got a 148 um it's closer to about minus 120 to even even to the under i just think in a like it's such a highly competitive division outside of georgia who's just clearly better so many teams have high expectations. You got people like in like you, like South Carolina, Tennessee, some people really like Florida. I think somebody's got to take a step back. And historically, if, if you look at Kentucky, uh, seven and a half is a pretty high win total. Actually opened even higher. I didn't get the best of the number here, but um, with all these teams with high win totals, someone's got to take a step back. I think it's Kentucky. I think they're getting a little too much credit for what they did last year, which is a little fraudy. And I think Will Levis is getting a lot of Heisman talk right now, our first round draft pick hopes. Totally. Um, but the, but the guy puts mayo in his coffee. I mean, like, <laughs> come on now. It can't be that good. Um, yeah, I just think there's better teams on the side of the conference. And 
Kentucky's out of conference schedule. Yeah, it's like a typical SEC out of conference. Three pretty easy layup games, and then you get Louisville on the crossover rivalry. But I think that division is tough enough for them to go under this. And I think seven and five is a totally realistic record. Maybe in six and six if the bottom falls out. Yeah. No, I co co sanctioned. Um, I, I like that too. Granted, I did probably three, four months ago bet Kentucky to win the, the <laughs> what are they in the East, the West? Yeah. East. East. Um, I, it's, I think a lot of it comes down to I, that, like, Will Levis is a quarterback prospect because he has tools, not necessarily because they're present, you know, more so like Josh Allen, where he's just like super tools up. I'm not saying that that's what he's going to be, but he's a big, you know, he's like a six, four, really fast cannon arm quarterback and really hasn't shown anything in his college career that he's put it all together yet. Not that he's been bad by any means, he's been pretty good. But I, I'm with you. I think under is the best place to look. And, you know, Kentucky can win seven games, and that's all, um, you know, what's his name? Mike Soups? Bob Soups. Bob Soups. That's all Bob Soups cares about. He gets that – he wins seven games. He gets the contract extension and a raise. So, it all fits. Yep. Uh, moving on to the Big Ten, uh, much like my Michigan to win the conference, I think that um, – Five to one for them to make the playoff is a pretty good bet. Um, I I also think there's a scenario where they go into the Ohio State game at eleven and zero, and because their schedule is very easy, and I think that even if they lose and keep it a little close, I I could still see them making the uh, the college football playoff. So, and honestly, there's like I feel like I don't have any sort of like data or history to back this up, but I feel like there's a little bit of protection there to where. An 11 and one Michigan team is probably set up better than say, you know, you're 11 and two Pac-12 champion, you're 11 and two Big 12 champion. So um, it's kind of what I'm looking at there. Uh, what do you got? Yeah, my favorite bet here would probably be Wisconsin under nine. I don't love it. I actually have no real bets in this conference. I think it's a pretty top heavy conference. And then I think there's a lot of teams that are pretty similar. Uh, I'm higher on Minnesota. You know, Nebraska is still going to be competitive. And Wisconsin goes to Nebraska this year. Not They'll be competitive. Wrong. They might they might not win. They'll be competitive. <laughs> They'll be a close true. game. They'll cover. Uh, only if they catch points. God in them. Yeah. Um, even Northwestern looked pretty good week one. I just think there's a lot of places for Wisconsin to slip up, and you need them to go 10-2 and two to lose this bet. Uh, I think at worst, you probably push this. Um, I, I just don't like Graham Mertz. Yeah, they might return a little bit, and that defense will still be the, the Wisconsin defense. Um but I think the Big Ten West looks a little better this year, and them going ten and two just seems unrealistic to me. Totally, um, I'm with there. I mean, oh, I forgot to say this too, but I think that Illinois, I believe it was yeah, Illinois too, uh, forty to one. I like I'm. I think that the that program is on a very um, nice looking trajectory, and um, you know that's a team that I think could. I mean, we saw them steal a game at Wisconsin, right? What was that three years ago? Four years ago? Yeah, they won at Penn State last year. They just shortened the game and ran ran the ball like 100 times. But, I mean, they've done it to a good Wisconsin team before, too. So Oh, yeah, that was when the Wisconsin was favored, like, by 30 at yeah. Illinois. I think that's three years ago, yeah. And um, so, it's uh, – I think the Big Ten West is a lot better. Now, is it – no, there's no team of, of the caliber to beat a Michigan or Ohio State, but – I do, I do like that look there. So I f it feels like nine is the absolute ceiling of what they could get to. So Great. anything else? Yeah. 
Um, Big 12, we both had Oklahoma winning, but it's uh, – I will say I'm kind of I, – I like your bet a little bit more. But um, I think Iowa State has a chance to shock um, a lot of people just due to what their expectations are. I mean, they lose Brocktober. Um, and aside from, like, really, like, the stalwarts of, like, a good – a good, not great defense, a good, not great offense. Brees Hall is a big loss, but you can replace 80% of that at running back. And I, they do return their best, probably the best wide receivers they've had. I, I won't say ever. I actually guess I just don't know enough to say that, but certainly one of the best wide receivers the program's ever had, Xavier Hutchinson. And he certainly has the case to um, say that he's the best receiver in the Big 12. And the all reports are that Hunter Deckers, the new quarterback who's going to step in, is going to be as good, if not better, than Brock Purdy. So an upgraded quarterback who, um, with who I think is a good coach, I understand disagreement with that. And at eighteen to one, I think it's pretty uh, a very nice long shot to win the Big Twelve. So Iowa State, James, what, what you got? Uh, it's actually my favorite win total of any win total from this fall. It's Kansas over two and a half minus one thirty. Uh, I mean. It's hard to take it over uh, with Kansas, who's historically like 0-12, 1-11, 2-10. Uh, but I really like the direction of the program. Last year, they they won two games, and that was without a spring under Lance Leopold. Uh, with a, some spring practice this year, having them all last year, I think there's more continuity. If you watched them at the beginning of the year, the defense was terrible and the offense struggled too. But uh, by the end of the year, their offense was actually like pretty good. They won that game at Texas. Uh, they were competitive and honestly should have won against Oklahoma at home before it was for like a forward handoff in front of the line. Um, but I'm really high on this team. And just like with all the disparity in the Big 12, I think there's room for them to go like even four and eight. I think that they're going to be sneaky and actually like probably beat a couple pretty good teams they shouldn't. They have two, I don't want to say auto wins out of conference. Like they'll, they'll beat Tennessee Tech. Duke, I'm extremely low on this year. That should be a win that's at home. I think you just need to pick off. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, I just need to pick off one game in the Big 12. Oh, they'll be favorite over Duke. Uh, yeah, I, I just – I think there's room – I don't think they go winless again in the Big 12 this year. If, if they get one, I think you're home free. Um, this team should be better. They return a lot. I know that you're under a new head coach. I think all bodes well, and there's an up arrow pointing in Kansas' favor. Completely agree with everything you just said. That's – sign me up. I, I think that's very well put. Um, to the ACC, we've got – we both said Clemson's winning – and we both like ceiling of Miami. Um, I'm going to be honest. I really had nothing here for the ACC. But I think Miami, just because of how talented their roster is, pretty much outside of receiver. Um, I think that at 14-1 to one to make the playoff is a pretty good um, bet. I, I don't know. I don't have a great feel on the ACC, really, and like kind of expectations. I've kind of been all over the place the last month or so, but um, my expectations anyways. But, uh, yeah, just Miami make the playoff, 14-1. to Great quarterback, a coach I don't love, which, but although I do think he coaches defense very well, and I feel like they're, uh, his um, Mario Cristobal coach teams are always ready to play in big spots. And um, it's it's just a talent disparity thing where I think that it's, Clemson, a small step down, Miami, and then a much bigger step down. So, um, but you like them to win the Coastal. Kind of paint the picture on that for me. Uh, yeah, it's – for everything you just said, I 
actually like Cristobal a fair amount. I think he's an upgrade over uh, Manny Diaz and whoever else they would have hired or fired. Um, I like their quarterback. I like that they return quite a bit, and I like the way he's recruited in the transfer portal as well. Uh, I just think they're the most talented team, and the schedule sets up reasonably well. Um, and I took Coastal because I think Clemson could actually just be that good again this year. Uh, plus, money seemed attractive. They get pit at home, and that could be the game that decides it in the last week of the season. Uh, also, no team in the Coastal has repeated the last eight years, so you can just cross out pit now. Uh, <laughs> so I think Miami is a pretty good shot. Um, and plus, one, plus 125, anything plus money, I think is a good bet. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, and then finally to the Pac-12, we're not going to get into the group of five. I can tweet out some group of five features that I like later. But uh, I took Utah, you took USC. Um, if I had to make one Pac-12 bet, it would be Washington to win the um, to win the uh, Pac-12. I believe it's at 16-1, to 18-1, somewhere in that range. They just have the highest ceiling that I don't think is appropriately priced in. Uh, the defense is going to be really good. And Kalen DeBoer is an offensive machine. Everywhere he goes, the offense takes a massive jump up. And I don't – Michael Penix is my guy, but I don't think that he is – I don't know if him being the starting quarterback is necessarily, like, the best ceiling move. I think he really raises the floor. But, you know, you have a, you have a five-star waiting in the wings, too, who has already been in the program for a year. So it could be just – give Penix a few couple starts, and if he doesn't take to the starting role like you would want him to, then you kind of move to uh, Sam Heward is his name, the uh, five-star quarterback. From, I think he is from Washington. So uh, what about you? Anything in the back 12? Yeah, uh, I'm kind of going to contradict myself a little bit here. I have USC winning it, but I think Utah to make the playoff 5-1 to one is the best bet. Uh, the narrative sets up well for them. If they beat Florida week one in a nationally televised game in a tough environment, uh, they're already on the right track, and that's like the marquee win you need. So I think right off the bat right there is the win you need. And they have Cam Rising at quarterback, so I think, I think it sets up well because he could also be in the Heisman contention. If they just go through and dominate everybody in the Pac-12 like they should, uh, I think you could totally see the seam on fringe playoffs. 11-1, and one, they still got a chance. So 5-1 seems valuable, but you really need them to win first week. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, uh, just really quick playoff predictions, and we'll get into our favorite bets of the weekend. I, I'm saying Georgia beats Utah, Bama beats Michigan, Georgia beats Bama to run it back. Uh, James, what about you? Bama beats Clemson, Ohio State beats Georgia, Bama beats Ohio State. All right, all righty. Chalky from us, for the most part. Yeah. I have Ohio State in mind, so I'm not I'm not too chalky. I, I need I need to see it. I need to see I'm straight it. Shock. I need to yeah. see it. Um all righty. You want to go first? Sure. We we I'll can we, we can alternate a little bit because we'll be sharing okay. a, a couple of the same thoughts. Um we will start on Thursday. Um uh, we'll start with Penn State. Um I love them. I bet them minus three, um minus one twenty. This is, I this is no. This is probably my third favorite bet of the weekend. So, they return a lot on the O line that wasn't great last year, but they cycle out like the bad players, if that makes sense. And so you have a five star and a high and four star stepping into starting roles, and they 
have a new offensive coordinator who should help them run the ball a lot more, which normally if you think of Penn State, I don't really think you think of Sean Clifford winging the ball all over the place, but, you know, they, they, it's a great history of running backs, at least in college. And so last year they were, I think, bottom 10 in rushing success rate, and that's just going to improve. And that weighed down the offense so much. And so I think three is pretty short, even for a team which a lot of people expect to be pretty good and have, and, you know, it's well coached, has a good quarterback in Purdue. But, um, but I mean, Penn State is a far more talented team just re recruiting wise. And I kind of expect them to take care of business here. Now, you know, head coaching edge, Jeff Brom over James Franklin, if you were to ask me. But I think that the talent for Penn State is just overwhelming. So Penn State minus three for me. Um, what do you think? Go to, we'll go to West Virginia next. You have two plays here, so I'll let you start with it. Yeah, I like West Virginia and I like the under. Uh, I just think Pitt's getting a little too much love for what they did last year. I bet this is seven. And it's now seven and a half. I kind of feel like a sucker, but anything seven or higher, I still like. I think they keep this within a game and are actually pretty live. Uh, I think JT Daniels is a big upgrade of quarterback over Jarrett Dougie. Dougie, I don't even know how you pronounce it, but I think he's um, on his fourth school in three years. Yeah, but I mean, he's not. He's, he's, in, he's on his second school in the past zero years, technically. Yeah. Uh, but he's a high ceiling guy. You know, he's good. Um, I just think that West Virginia is kind of correlated to the under here. Pitt, Pitt's head coach, Narduzzi, came out and kind of just went on a rant about Whipple and said, we need to run the ball more. We need to like get back to our roots, which just doesn't make any sense to me when you had such an explosive offense last year. So I think we see like, Pitt kind of lose the tempo and be more run-oriented like they have been in the past. Uh, and then West Virginia is not in a hurry either. And I think they're more of a run-first offense. That might change now with JT Daniels, at quarterback. But getting seven here seems incredibly valuable. This is also a rivalry game. So you know these will be close games. I think getting seven, anything outside of possession is just huge. I think West Virginia is super live. If you want to make a round robin, I think West Virginia is a pretty good play in that. Yes, I like that too. Um I'm with you for the same reasons. Uh, another thing I saw was that, um, you know, West Virginia is running an air raid now with uh, Graham Harrell. And as – is he head coach? He's head coach, right? No, no. Uh, I think it's Lance Neal. It's something oh, yeah, new. you're right, you're right. Graham Harrell is the offensive coordinator, though. He yeah. brings in an old friend in JT. He was with him, at, yeah, with him at USC. Exactly. That's good continuity. And um, – oops, sorry about that. And – uh, Pitt was great against the run last year, but I mean, you're going going up against an air raid offense. Like, that's not specific, you know, that's not the greatest of match, matchups. And I think Pitt defense is going to be really good this year. They're turned so much on the D line and in the secondary, but um, it's still the passing um, defense wasn't the best last year's in the uh, it was, in success rate. It was getting close to triple digits, which it is no bueno going up against an air raid. So. I think West Virginia has an avenue to points. Um, and just with Narduzzi's comments the past you know month or two, just saying, oh, we're going to run the ball, we're going to run the ball, we're going to run the ball. And what the West Virginia's best part of the defense is their defensive line. So I think it's seven and a half is a, a, lot, a lot of points here for what I think is a pretty good uh, stylistic matchup for them. So It's also the battle of former backup quarterbacks at USC too, so – we got to see who's the better one. Maybe the winner determines it. Wait, who does? Oh, yeah, I forgot. Keaton, Keaton Slovis. Slovis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Think about that. Um, 
All right, what's the next game? Illinois? Are they playing that Friday? Uh, Saturday? Whatever. Um, yeah, we'll go, whatever. We'll go Illinois. Um, you and I both really like Illinois, just long-term, and especially in this spot here. Um, I'm not super concerned if they're getting three points um, at Indiana. I'm not really concerned about them showing anything just because they didn't really show anything. And so, um, or they didn't have to show anything. But um, just I, thoroughly dominated. Yeah. And after last year, um, I think there's like reasons for concern for Indiana. And I think that, you know, just the, if they can't do what they want to do on defense, then it's just they're like, we know they're going to have a hard time scoring. Um, and it's a good receiver room still, but I'm more confident in Illinois kind of flexing their muscles a little bit on defense just to, um, if they're down, it's going to be a close game. I don't expect Indiana uh, to uh, pull ahead, but I think Illinois can do that with their um, definite offensive advantage in the run game. So Illinois plus three for me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, piggybacking off that first round Robin play, West Virginia, I think Indiana also, or sorry, Illinois makes a great lady of that as well. For sure. I just think they're simply better. Uh, Tommy DeVito, to me, is an upgrade at quarterback. Uh, I don't like him a lot, but I think what his legs bring to the table, and he's a little better at passing. And Chase Brown's just a beast in the backfield. Um, I just think Indiana, they kind of use all their magic in one year in 2019 or 2020, whichever one it was. Uh, was they returned back to form last year. Yeah. Um, I just think they're really bad. And I think we're getting the better team, getting points here. Uh, I don't want to be a fool at the moment and say Illinois is going to be that good based off just beating the hell out of a bad Wyoming team. But, boy, did they look good. I'll take the points here. For sure. Um, we'll move on to Middle Tennessee State, which this is mostly me. Um, yeah, you don't have a bet on this. But um, so they're taking on James Madison in – their division well their fbs debut and they're getting six and i'm also betting them on the money line they're playing at james madison and just for starters i think there's going to be a little bit of nerves for um, james madison and, and the you know their fbs debut here but um it doesn't help that james madison i saw they had two players basically quit like good defensive lineman just like basically quit the team last year or like two weeks ago like it was a quote-unquote retiring and I think one is one of them is just trying to transfer away but like they lost they had so many players transfer on offense and on defense which I'm confusing me a little bit but um and then middle Tennessee State had a group play I believe they won they went five and one in their last six to make a bowl game last year so I really like that positive momentum and I mean, about three or four years ago, Middle Tennessee State was a team that, you know, they were making bowl games. They were arguably the best team in the conference. And I think that we can kind of see this program return to that a little bit. And I think that uh, James, James Madison just is just going to be too shorthanded to really uh, – I mean, this is – it's getting six points. It's That's a lot of points for a game I expect to – if it's not close, I expect a Middle Tennessee blowout. So – I think that it should be closer to a pick, if anything. And um, Middle Tennessee State plus six is one of, if not my favorite play of the uh, of the weekend. Um, we'll head to 
we'll save that one. We'll go to Michigan State minus 22 and a half. They, that's MSU, right? Yeah. Okay. They are hosting Western Michigan, right? Uh, yeah. All right. Go ahead. Uh, pretty short and simple here. Uh, Western Michigan lose a lot. They lose quarterback Ellaby, who was there for seemingly eight years, it felt like. Um, with so much turnover and a, a team I'm not really high on in Michigan State uh, long term, but I do think they flex their muscle a little bit in week one. They've already taken some money. I really wish I got this under 21, but 22 and a half, I think, still an okay play. Um, is it Clayton Thorne? Peyton Thorne? Peyton Thorne, yeah. Peyton Thorne. Uh, he took he proved me wrong last year. I was a Michigan State hater. Uh, by the end of the year, he was actually making some pretty good passes and some big time throws in clutch situations. Talent there too. Jaden Reed's a beast. Yeah, um, and they're also a really good bully last year too. Uh, they just ran up on bad teams. Mel Tucker's really been a good, a good bully, I guess you'd call it. He's also um, he's just like a, an incredible recruiter. So he has talent yeah. like everywhere on the roster. Yeah, I mean, even losing uh, what Kenneth Walker. Yeah. Uh, I really don't think it's like that big of a deal for them. I, they should reload, but uh, I like teams more in the Big Ten. But right here, I just think it's just the talent. Uh, the talent matchup is just overwhelming in their favor. Uh, they should win by twenty-eight to thirty-five. Totally, completely agree. Um, moving on to Central Michigan, I believe I think both of these games were Thursday, Friday, somewhere in there too. But uh, Central Michigan, Central is Michigan's on- Thursday. Thursday, okay, they're on the yeah, road Mich- at Oklahoma State. Getting 21 yep. and a half. Why do, you, why do you like Central Michigan? The last three years, uh, the week one games for Oklahoma State, they beat Tulsa by five, Tulsa by seven, uh, and Missouri State by, I think, 14, which is a FCS school. I think I asked them to cover 21 and a half a lot here. If you remember back to, I think, early 2010, Central Michigan actually went to Oklahoma State and won. Um, with the way Gundy runs it now, it used to be like fast-paced offense, spread them out, gun – and the defense wasn't that good. Now they're more of a defense first team. I think it just doesn't bode well, especially when the offense is having much continuity early in the year. Um, later in the year, you saw them shut out teams like Texas Tech. I think they won like 24 nothing, and get margin like just purely through their defense. I think it's too early in the year. And with guys getting to know each other, I think Central Michigan can jump on them in the first half and keep this competitive. I mean, keeping within three scores is not asking a ton here. So I think 21 and a half is a pretty good bet. I weirdly disagree, but I don't. I just think that Oklahoma State isn't going to take as big of a step back this year as like everyone thinks they might. Just because, like, I know they lose defensive coordinator, but they replace him with, uh, I believe, the defensive coordinator from Tulsa, who like that's been one of the better group of five defenses despite a lack of talent the last however many years. Um, yeah, I mean. But- Part of the reason Tulsa has been in all those games against Oklahoma State too could just be because it's coordinator. So, true, and it's the defense is still ridiculously, ridiculously talented. Like Colin Oliver at defensive end has been listed in Heisman markets, which like he won't win. But you know, like it's there's talent. The talent's there, and it's I I understand. Like Spencer Sanders is in the Sean Clifford uh, camp to me where. You know, he takes care of business and he tricks everyone for uh, against the bad teams. And then, oh, you're playing Oklahoma. Time to suck. And then, you know, our, our boy comes back to us. But, um, <laughs> all righty. I, I get it, though. It's 21 and a half is a lot of points for a team that has struggled to score against really bad teams before. So, there you go. That's it. Um, let's see. 
Uh, I'll talk about USC team total over yet uh, for really quick. Right now, if you just did like the simple team total math, it'd be 46 and a half, probably juice to the over. But um, I think Lincoln Riley just is just wants to make a statement. Um, week one, we've seen him do it constantly with Oklahoma, where they just kind of run up the score against really bad teams, scoring 70 points, whatever. It's what stat pads for so that his quarterbacks can win Heisman's. And um, the offensive skill talent is just going to be able to run roughshod over Rice. And Rice will have, be able to do nothing to stop it. So it's just a bet on the dominant team. And they're going to score a lot of points. Short and sweet. Yep. Um, Oregon State, minus two and a half. Although I haven't bet it yet, and I'm waiting for it to come down a little bit more, thanks to your your guidance and advice there. Um, They are hosting Boise. Boise is a very popular pick, I would think, this week. And, you know, I I don't – it's – it feels like Boise State gets expectations from like a completely different program. It's like, I just, I don't feel the same. Uh, fear isn't the right word, but you know. It's not it's the same as it was in the early 2010s. It's it's a different program where it's eight, nine wins, not 10, 11. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. I think this is frankly a little disrespectful to to my boy, Jonathan Smith, who I think is, an outstanding head coach and I he has completely changed the trajectory of Oregon State and they have a pretty solid quarterback and uh with Chance Nolan that's his name um he just won the starting role and I they're getting more talent and like better players and then finally they have an adult in the room and they're able to win these games and I think under field goal is a little short this is this along with Houston minus four which we'll talk about in a sec uh, these are my two favorite plays of the weekend by far, and um, I, especially at home, I like. I don't think Boise is a half point, maybe more, um, better than Oregon State at home. So, um, you know, and these are the games you need to win if you want to make a bowl game. So, uh, thoughts yeah. here? Oh no, you get totally ruined for me. I'm waiting to bet this. This is another one that I'll make in my round robin parlay. I think you can get Oklahoma or Oregon State at a short favorite price here. Um, I just think they're better, like you said. And I was really impressed by what they did last year. I think they outperformed expectations last year, and that should be the new norm there. For sure. Um, all righty. Houston minus four. They are – I think – I think. can you double-check if it's neutral side or not? But they are playing – It might be at UTEP, and that's why it's short. But I'll check right now. Okay. So, they're, we'll say they're playing at UTSA. UTSA, sorry. Um, no, you're good. UTSA was a – I would say they defied some expectations last year. I think people assume they're going to be a good team, but they ended up being a 10 or 11 win team. Um, and they uh, they returned their quarterback, but they lose a lot in defense, which kind of hurts. And Houston returns basically everything. If you go back to, what was it, two years ago when we watched the first – college football tank job ever um you can kind of see that Dana Holgerson had a plan to just completely revamp the Houston offense where you know Derek King was on the team and I think he basically probably just told him just transfer go try and play somewhere else and he sat um a bunch of you know players that want to be here this year and he played like freshmen and you know you know underclassmen so that they were ready for kind of for this team 
and you have a really good quarterback in Clayton Toon. You have weapons, and they're just ready to go. They're like they're tested, and I think that this is going to be. I think next to Cincinnati and maybe Fresno, this is the best um, group of five team. Um, I guess BYU too, if you include them, but they're independent. SSU, so some love. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but I just think they're a far more talented roster. Hey, I'm, I'm not going to say they're better coach because it's Dana Holgerson, but I do think that um, like I think uh, like that alternate spreads like this could get ugly. We saw a pass happy team kind of have their way with UTSA last year. No, with um, or I guess on the defensive side of the rock, that um, UTSA really struggled against Western Kentucky, and you're going to get a lot of the same stuff with Houston. And Houston's D line is going to wreck UTSA, or at least it should. So Houston minus four, love it, love it, love it, love it. James, what do you think? Yeah, you talked me into it. I agree. Um, I would say both teams were pretty fraudulent last year. But I think Houston just has too much talent, especially on the defensive line. Uh, we saw what SDSU did with a legit defensive line against UTSA. Totally threw them off their game. Uh, and I just think this UTSD, UTSA defense is not good enough to stop Houston. Yeah. Also, It also is in San Antonio, so it's a home game for UTSA, which explains the number. Sure. Okay. Um, all righty. That is through mine. What, which ones do you have left? LSU or LSU of Florida State? And App State. Yeah. We'll start with that. Yeah, yeah. App State. Okay. Uh, so App State, I'm on the money line here. It's plus 100 right now. Um, this is hovering right around a pick, but North Carolina seems to be taking money currently. If you watched North Carolina last week, I'm sorry to hear that. They played a team <laughs> has had five eligible offensive linemen, and they were, they were missing at least 10 players due to like academic or sickness it was pretty unclear why guys couldn't play actually before 20 24 hours before the game they weren't even sure they, they were going to be able to play so it was just to have that effort they did in the first half is pretty concerning yeah they're only at 14 and a half it's pretty bad um but if you're getting ran on by fam you what is that what are you going to do against app state um i think app state at home is just that's actually like a legit home field advantage UNC starting Luke May, Luke May's brother, Drake May. Uh, his first real road start here. I think this is not the place to have it. Tough environment. Uh, I just think App State, with all the experience they have, they're always an old team because you don't get a lot of guys drafted and everybody wants to come back. Um, they beat UNC actually a couple years back at UNC. I don't think they'll be scared here. I think this is the game that they've been looking forward to and circled. Almost a statement game to show that they're a real program. Uh, they'll be up and ready. I think App State wins. This will probably close out my round robin. Um, I will say that the one thing, so I'm pretty impartial. I guess I lean North Carolina, but App State runs the rock. And looking at the past two years of North Carolina football, you should be able to do that on them. Now, North Carolina has been recruiting with the best of them the last two years, last three years. And those, you know, we finally have got like the, the five stars and a couple four stars on the defensive line as like sophomores and juniors ready to roll. Um, so, you know, we could see a little step up in, you know, rush defense and just pass rush, pass rush in general. But I, the only thing I will caution you with is we look to see who's quarterback at App State. James, you know who that is? Chase Bryce. Yes, sir. And uh, He's good at the end of last year. Yeah, you're in my respect. 
uh, I don't know if he can ever do that for me, <laughs> but um, it's just, I, I've given up on betting on him. It's, I'm trying to think of someone else who falls in that category, but uh, if I think of a name, I'll, I'll say it when it comes up. But yeah, it's, I don't, I just don't see how he gets better. And granted, App State's got like, the secondary is really good. Um, O-line should be really good. But, and like, I mean, for like as good as a UNC secondary, as good as a UNC O-line. So it's, there's significant talent there. I, I think the number's right. I, it should be around a pick plus one, plus two in that range. So nothing for me. But let's move on to LSU, and then we'll kind of get into the bigger games that we have selectively been ignoring. Um, LSU, Florida State, um, this is a Sunday game, right? Yes, standalone okay. game on Sunday. Um, I've got nothing here, so take it away. Yeah, this is uh, this will be a really interesting game because just so much is unknown about both teams. Florida State, uh, it's been the same thing for – last handful of years now wins total about six and a half seven crazy talent they just always underperform lsu now is a win total in the same kind of ballpark but they the talent is just off the chart brian kelly you know what he can do he's been as consistent as anybody in the nation um and that kind of lends you to lsu minus three which makes sense i do like lsu minus three but i also like the over here i just think there's so much unknown about this game and a total of 51 and a half seems a little low to me um I just think there's room for both these teams to kind of struggle on defense, and both teams have really good talent on offense. I don't know who will be starting for LSU because I don't know if they know who's going to be starting yet at quarterback, but the receivers they have are really good. Florida State's receivers are really good. They actually put up a number on uh, Duquesne last week. It was just good to see. Um, George Travis is really good. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he has good burst. Uh, you certainly get to see the bad side of him too. I hope Jaden Daniels is not quarterbacking for LSU. I just I don't think he's very good. He brings a lot to the table with his legs, but he's not the best pure passer. But I think LSU is just too good here. Um, I am on the o- over 51.5 and LSU minus three. I don't think they're really correlated in any which way because I don't know how this game's going to play out. But I simply just trust Brian Kelly more than Norvell. Um, and Brian Kelly has won his last 40 games as a favorite. So at LSU minus three, I mean, it's just remarkable. I mean, if you want to be 41, I think it's 41. So – Roll Tigers. Yeah, no, um, I totally, and I, I like the over two. Whether it's uh, Daniels or Nussmeyer, I think LSU's in a pretty good spot. This is just put up a lot of points here. I would actually say I'm more concerned about Florida State's corn points. Um, yeah. They have uh, the running back room is stacked again. They this running back room really excited me last year with they have this guy named Lawrence Tofilly, who's an absolute baller, but. Um, Jordan Travis is a beast. They have really good receivers, which could cause even DBU some trouble. But um, the my main concern is for Florida State is that their own line is going to be probably an abject disaster again. And LSU has a bunch of talent on the D line, so it could and just like a, a you know a pretty close to fearsome pass rush like that could cause a lot of problems and. Jordan Travis under pressure for an injury prone guy like that. It's, you know, it's just not, not the best recipe, but that being said, FSU has crazy wide receivers. They're all like six, three. There's, they have like a six, seven guy runs like very fast. I couldn't think of a a good analogy there. (laughs) He flies. um, Yeah. (laughs) But he's really athletic and really good. 
So um, it, I'm really excited to watch this Florida State offense. I actually think they'll be able to beat a bunch of really good teams in the ACC. I, I, I forget who they put, who's on their schedule, but I totally think that um, like they'll be live against your Clemson, NC State's, Miami's of the world. So, um, yeah, I'm fully on board. And LSU, I think, has a national title winning ceiling with Kelly. I, I'm a yeah. big Brian Kelly fan. I think that he has done so much. Like, I don't – he wasn't a good recruiter at Notre Dame, and he's made, what, three of five playoffs or something like that? Two two of four? He didn't lose less than ten games for, like, a, a long time. Yeah. The guy just wins. He yeah. wins games he's supposed to win. He loses games he's supposed to lose. He's about as consistent as they come. Yep. So, that's uh, a good program to buy into. All right, let's get to the the big games of the weekend plus one more that – I don't really want to talk about, but um, <laughs> you know what? We'll start with that one. James put on U of A at SSU minus six. Um, the total is seen at 46 and a half. Granted, hey, this is our local, this is our, our local squad. Um, it's the home opener for SESU. Um, Austin is, will actually be in attendance at this game. I, you, we both love the over in this. Um, yeah. You mind if I take it away? No, I'm going for it. All right. I think that the guy who's expected to be starting quarterback for SDSU is very bad. Braxton Burmeister. Even when we were in high school, he was uh, the, he was like committed to Oregon and all this stuff, and he just kind of sucked. And it's – man, I – I guess you has good receive like receiving talent and you know good running backs should be a they normally have a good O, o line, right? It's you know, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty well, like they run the ball so much, it's gotta be good. Yeah. Um if Braxton Burmeister is good, I have a lot of words to eat, I'll put it that way. And um, but Arizona's defense is gonna be so bad. And I just SEC is gonna be is gonna be able to score a lot of points. And Arizona, they bring in Jaden Delora. And they have a Jacob Cohen's, I think his name is. He was probably one of the three best receivers in the transfer portal. I think he came from, it was UTEP or UTSA, one of the UT letter letter schools, but um, or UT Arlington. That's what it was. That's what it was. But um, anyways, he's really good. And Arizona has really good other uh, receiving talent. So I actually think they'll be able to kind of go up and down a couple times on the field. And for a low total, like 46 and a half, I think it's, um, not out of the question at all that we see mid fifties. So I, I also kind of expect this to go up by uh, game time. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, we saw SSU actually dominate U of A last year on the road. They just ran wild. I think they had 28 points in the first quarter. It was just like the most out of body experience you could ever have for an SSU team. Um, another thing you got going for the over is no more punt God. So if SSU gets stopped and within inside their own 20, the other team will not have the ball on their own 20. So that helps. Uh, that'll provide some short fields instead of long fields. Um, but like you said, I think uh, we've definitely both said bad things about Burmeister. Um, but I do think he's a better peer passer than Lucas Johnson was. I don't think he's as good as That's a true. runner. That's true. That guy so was they, yeah, he was terrible. All right, we're talking um, about this game. Yeah, all right. Just over <laughs> and then SSU might run probably. They're not going to lose the, the inaugural Snapdragon game. Okay. Um, to the – Actually, exciting games. We'll start with the Cincinnati at Arkansas. Arkansas is lane six at home. Um, totals at 52. 
I kind of lean under, but I don't really have many thoughts on this game. Uh, James, what do you think? Um, I kind of lean towards Cincy. Not really for any other reason, just that Fickle is a really good coach, and I think he's going to have the disrespect going. He'll talk about how they're such a big underdog and they made the playoff last year. You're losing this and that. Everyone thinks you would be terrible, just the pure motivation angle. Uh, and I'm curious to see what Arkansas looks like without Traylon Burks. He was such a big part of that offense last year. I'm curious to see who steps up in his absence. So they do replace him with a five-star. I actually think he was number one receiver in the class, Jaden Hazelwood from Oklahoma. And yeah. I, I think he was – I remember him. Yeah, he's really good. So, I mean, that, that helps. I think Arkansas' skill talent is pretty stacked. Um, and, like, they kind of beefed up the defense. I I really have no opinion on this game. Because, for one, like, you would expect Cincinnati to take a pretty decent-sized step back for what they lose. But they've been recruiting pretty well lately. And so I think that, you know, I don't think you have another Sauce Gardner. or I mean, Ritter was fine. But I don't know if you have another Sauce Gardner or, like, uh, Maje Sanders in the wings. But, you know, you could have – you can unearth some gems, and Luke Fickle's got a good thing going over there. Otherwise, I don't think he would have stayed. So, no, yeah, uh, definitely not. Um, I think if I had a lean in any particular way, I'd go under, but just nothing for me there. I'm pretty excited to watch this one now because, you know, Arkansas handle, handles biz, excuse me, and, um, you know, maybe that's a team that can surprise uh, Georgia, surprise uh, Bama, you know, it. Beat, beaten AM, so something like that. So, and they always play the most impossible schedule every single year. So, awesome credit to them. I, that makes for an exciting football season. All righty. Uh, Utah traveling to the swamp, my Pac 12 champion. And Cam Rising, let's get the Heisman campaign started. Um, taking on Florida. Florida's getting three. Total is at 51. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I like Florida here. I think getting a field goal is very valuable. Um, the home field in this one is legit. I, there's no way Utah can simulate the crowd noise in this or just like the pure humidity and heat that they're going to see. I also don't think they really see any quarterbacks like Richardson in the Pac-12. Uh, I just think Florida was kind of lost here last year. Passing version of him. Yeah. Uh, I, I just – I'm high on Florida this year. I'll put it that way. Uh, I, I really like Utah as well which sucks because, like, I like both these teams and one of them has to lose. But I think getting the three is super valuable here. It could be a close game. Florida's got a really good kicker. Both these teams are pretty good special teams, actually. But I think we were getting, actually, a discount on Florida just because of how bad they were last year and last year when they gave up on Mullen. So Florida plus three would be my play here. Yeah, I think there is something to be said about um, an effort boost. Like, Florida, like you said, totally gave up. And, um, I, you know, I think that – um, like the just Florida's gonna be trying more and like caring more, which I yeah. think matters. That now they're probably more technically talented, meaning that speed they, and skill and yeah. higher recruits. Yeah, there but won't be as disciplined though. Like Utah has, it's it's a really good coached program, and they just make players better. And I think. Losing Britton Covey, like that 28-year-old who was returning funds <laughs> for them, like that's going to really, really hurt. He, he was literally there for eight years. Like, we joke about guys being college forever. He was literally there for eight years. He went on, like, a two-year, three-year mission or something like that. And he had, like, three more years of eligibility because, like, Which injuries and, like, good. COVID. Yeah, he was. And so losing, uh, like, a target like that, um, 
hurts a lot, but it's, it's Utah. The defense is going to be really good. I, the running game and just what Cam Rising can do with his legs and what Tavion Thomas does um, behind it, which should be a pretty good O-line. It's it's going to be a really good team. I agree. I lean Florida plus three. Um, of course, I'm banding about a Cam Rising Heisman ticket, so I guess I, I hope Utah wins. I hope he plays well, but I have no real opinion here. Um, Florida plus three would be would be where I would look. So, um, Oregon taking on Georgia. Georgia is lane seventeen. Um, it's technically in a neutral site. It's at the Mercedes Mercedes Benz um, Stadium, but um, totals fifty nine. I think it's good. Like I don't want any part of this. I think Georgia's got the best roster in the country, but I mean. What would I say? I think it should be 20. Like, yeah, I guess that would make me bet it. But I just kind of think, like, Oregon always shows up for these games. Okay, here, let me ask you this. Do you think there's anything to, like, Dan Lanning, Georgia's old defensive coordinator, being the coach at Oregon? Because truly, I don't care. No, but that would make me kind of like an under a little bit. I'm sure he's familiar with Stetson Bennett and his weaknesses. And he'll probably, like, well, nice pitch. Let's go, Garcia. Sorry, I was just watching the Potter game. Um, no, I, if anything here, that the under would be my look. I think Oregon's probably pretty correlated to the under because I don't think they're going to score. So if you want like a little, just something on this game because it's going to be nationally televised, you go Oregon in the under. I don't mind that. Um, I, I don't know why. I, don't know. I mean, Dan Lane was defensive coordinator for like, for what some people call the best defense ever. But so I understand why he got the Oregon job, but it's, I don't know. It's. I guess it doesn't really move me. And they're going to start Bo Nix. Yeah, I mean, oh. Like, why did, why doesn't Georgia win this game by 30? Like, Oregon's defense shows out, which I could see. Yeah, I actually might just play this under. I, I just – Oregon's got a good defense. They're, like, they have talent all over the place. Talent's not a problem. For sure. And, well, like, it, it kind of is a problem. Linebacker's really good. You, technically, it is a problem because, like, you're just playing the most talented team in the country. It's like no matter how much you have, it's not enough, probably. And and like you have to worry about Brock Bowers, Eric Gilbert, you know, like yeah, Adonai Mitchell, uh, all this. Lad McConkey. Yeah, it's, it's just a, it's an embarrassment of wealth. It is, and set like I said, sets and Bennett just finds a way to get those guys the ball. Uh, I don't know. I'm nothing for me here. I might go um, like an Oregon team total under if I do anything like that, hmm. just because I I can see them oh struggling to score a little bit, but um. That's just me. Sort of like what we saw Clemson do in um, you know, in uh, that in Georgia. I'm not gonna say Oregon's gonna score three points like they did, like Clemson did last year. But um, you know, I think it could be anemic sort of along the lines of uh like that. Totally. Alrighty. Um, final game, which I think it's a really big spread. And I'm not predicting a Notre Dame win, but I think this is as a as an, I, I'm a Notre Dame football fan, but um, you know, I just I, this game just interests me. It's the a, like a historic program versus you know that the other team expected to be like the preeminent power this year, aside next to Bama. Um, Ohio State's host Notre Dame, Lane 17, total at 59. Um, anything here. You like it. you bet Ohio State at fifteen, right? Yeah, I did. I uh, I got news that I guess we all probably got news because we were in the same chat. But Notre Dame's had some 
a lot of really bad injuries, but specifically at receiver. Uh, I think they have like walk-ons right now, like second string receiver. And that's, I mean, when you're going up the defense against a defense as talented as Ohio state, just like oh, in general teams, that's as talented as Ohio state. You need like, yeah, you need guys who are going to be able to make big plays, beat you down the field. Uh, and if your best receivers are hurt, I just don't see how they do that. With all that being said, I think Notre Dame is still like a formidable defense. And, I think Marcus Freeman's a pretty good defensive defensive mind, so I don't think Ohio State's just gonna totally obliterate them. Um, I just don't see Notre Dame Notre Dame scoring a whole lot, so I guess like at the current numbers, I just play the under. I think fifty nine is a lot. I see something like totally four, like no nah, forty two is a lot. Like 35, 10, 35, 17 maybe. That's kind of like how I see this game playing out. Same exact place. Um, I think I think Notre Dame's front seven is beastly. Yeah, uh, like it's NFL caliber talent all over, excuse me, all over the place. And then they bring in a, they brought in an All American safety to replace the six games that Kyle Hamilton played in. And you're sticking with the same, you know, coach who made your defense really good last year. So um, I echo the same concerns about uh, the defense and, or excuse me, the um, Notre Dame offense. You know, you have a guy who is supposed to be one of the best alignment in the country and he's questionable and you know you're pretty thin at receiver they lost Avery Davis was a big loss for them but I I think it's more just of an issue with depth I mean they're the three guys expected to like be pretty good receivers this year next to Michael Meyer the tight end um they're all going to play so like that means anything but um, it comes down to if you think Jim Knowles is going to fix the Ohio State defense. Now, fix it pretty strong. It's not like Ohio State had this, like, dog water defense that couldn't stop anyone. But, you know, Notre Dame is a step up in competition versus, like, the median team in the Big Ten. And Ohio State struggled against decent offenses. So if Tyler Buckner, the, making his first start, is actually – really good he's a former five-star and he can move then Notre Dame is going to score some points and then what happens if Notre Dame's defense gets a couple stops in Ohio State I think Ohio State takes care of business here I I expect a pretty sound win but I would lean Notre Dame and I really like the under at 59 here I I don't this also makes me like think looking because I'm looking at these two games just right next to each other it's the same spread, same number. Did I put it in correctly? Is Oregon Georgia also a total of fifty nine? Uh you now you might have got a little high on that one. Okay, it's supposed to be lower, right? I know the Ohio State one's right. Here, let me check. I'll pull it up real quick. That might be more towards fifty six. Because if it were fifty nine, I might probably bet that right now. It's there's has to it had to be money on the over. Oh no, it's fifty two and a half. Okay, I put it in I put it in wrong. Okay, that makes more sense. Um I didn't even I didn't even notice that. I'm kind of glad I caught that. Um, All right, but anything else to add on that one? No, I think that was a pretty thorough breakdown. Yeah. So that's it. We didn't miss any other. No, we got we got the big ones. Okay. Uh, You don't want to talk about are the USD Terreros playing too? Don't know. Don't care. That's right. Um. All righty. Oh. What? Uh, Oh, we're good. We're good. Sorry. Okay. Um. That's it for college football week one. Thank you all for listening. Follow us at the sharp side pod on Twitter Um, and rate review and subscribe on, on Apple podcasts.
Um, if you're listening on Spotify, I got logged out of my Spotify the other day and I don't know my password. Pretty annoying. But um, yeah, so if you aren't logged out of your Spotify and you know, log in, hit the follow button or whatever it is, and then you can like um, podcasts on there. So do that too. But um, excited. College football is back. NFL begins in a week from tomorrow, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll be, we'll be, we'll be raring to go. Oh yeah. All righty. Thank you guys.